listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam doll, I am so excited to welcome you to this very first episode of the podcast. This podcast has been quite a few months in the making at this point, but probably even longer um, sort of in the idea concept phase in my mind. So it is so, so, so exciting to finally welcome you onto this uh, podcast and sit down and record this episode for you, knowing full well that I've got already a few episodes lined up for you. Um, just wait to see what's happening here. Watch this space. It's going to be so, so exciting. I can't wait for you to join in. I thought that it would be a really good idea for me just to introduce myself to you guys in this very first episode so that you know who you're dealing with. So what I wanted to do is just give you a little bit of background about who I am and what I do and also why I started this podcast. You might already know me, some of you. Um, maybe you followed me on my socials. Maybe you've worked with me one-on-one um, -on -one or in one of my group trainings. Or perhaps you just know me as a private person. And for you guys, please don't, you know, stop this episode just because you know me. You know, keep listening. Maybe you'll learn something new about me. Or you'll just kind of like refresh your mind and you'll understand this little pivot of mine here and why I'm doing this. And if you're completely new here, first of all, welcome to this little family. It's so exciting to have you here. I would like for you to get to know me and perhaps after listening to this episode, you can go and join me on my socials and let me know that you've heard this podcast so I can get to know you as well. So with all of that being said, I think it's about time to get into the details about who I am. So as I mentioned in the introduction, my name is Zara Pedersen. I am a coach for Muslim women and have been since 2014. Um, my journey though began back in 2013 when I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. It was really the pivoting point for me to either fully take control of my life or let my surroundings and everything around me basically run me down and and I just didn't want that as an option so I decided to you know take the ball by the horns and just charge through life and that's what I did I I decided to um, look into what my possibilities were with severe anxiety and depression. What could I do to change my life around? And one of the things that I fell across was fitness and nutrition and the whole connection to looking after oneself physically to um, promote a better mental health as well and so that's the avenue I traveled down and within a few months of you know pushing past my anxiety and my depression telling me that I wasn't good enough and I should stay in bed and all these horrible things the within a few months I noticed that I could see a difference in myself physically, but the mental clarity was the thing that made me continue. It was the thing that made me go, there's something here. Um, and I started getting a better hold, a better grip of my mental health at that point. And so I continued with it. And within another few months, I started really reconnecting with myself because suddenly this sort of gray cloud that having anxiety and depression really can put 
inside your head and make you feel like you're carrying around and there's sort of no clarity around you can't really see anything ahead of you that had sort of been lifted a little bit more and as it lifted I started feeling a bigger connection to myself again and that connection to myself again made me realize that I needed God and I believed in God and my life was nothing without God so that whole journey of getting my diagnosis and starting to look after myself reconnecting with myself ultimately brought me to the highest purpose which was God connecting to God and finding God and that whole journey for me was so important and so it was so surprising to me at the time to be fair because the last thing I was looking for in that time was God I was looking for myself and in finding myself I found God but it was such a surprising outcome for me it wasn't what I I was doing it for and I started to think about what I had gone through and I thought maybe I can help other women with this as well. It's not to make other people Muslim or convert to any religion, but finding themselves so that perhaps they can stand stronger in their own faith um, as a result of that. And that was one of the main driving factors for me in in, um, 2014, when I then set up my company, The Healthy Hijab, and became a personal trainer and nutritionist. Now, I chose that avenue because the fitness and the looking after what I ate and managing my diet and being active was the thing that was the sort of like the pivoting point for me to, to find myself and find God. So I imagined in my head that that was the same thing that I had to bring to other Muslim women I had to 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 have them go through my exact same journey so to speak and I let's be real here I completely missed the point that's definitely not what I was supposed to do and I also learned that um in working as a personal trainer so um my intentions were as I said to help women reconnect with themselves and hopefully stand spiritually much stronger and instead I kind of diverted because the fitness industry as a personal trainer as a nutritionist although you can help some people to find empowerment it is very difficult um well for me at least I can't speak on behalf of everyone so if you're out there as a fitness trainer and you can do this then I you know I take my hat off to you it's incredible um But I couldn't get those two worlds to fully connect with my clients as well. So it ended up being me being a personal trainer and a fat loss expert and making the dieting bit, you know, the food bit um, far more easy and approachable for Muslim women. And although that was fun, it was all it's always good and fun to make health and prioritizing one's health. it's always exciting to help women have that in their life. So as a coach, I really enjoyed seeing those transformations. I enjoyed seeing them feeling stronger and just more empowered in in themselves physically. But as the years went on, I, I, I could feel in myself that something was missing. 
And that was because with every year that I was doing this work as a personal trainer, although I was working with all these amazing women and I enjoyed working with them, I noticed that that's not what I wanted to do. I was moving further and further away from my purpose, the thing that I wanted initially to to help women with. And, and it made me really sad. It made me lose that spark for my work. It made me not want to do the work anymore. And in the end, I think this was, this is just over a year ago now, I had a moment of awakening where I sort of said to myself, Zara, you're, you're not doing what you're meant to do. This is not what you wanted to do. This is not your purpose. You set yourself a purpose and you went in with the right intentions and then you got pushed and you didn't push back. (laughs) That's basically how it was. And so I decided to quit. So I quit that business. I said goodbye to the health hijab, which I had such a huge emotional connection to because it was, you know, what came out of my own struggle and my own way back to Islam. And and so emotionally, it was very hard for me to quit that business. But I knew that in order for me to fulfill my purpose work, I couldn't do it being a personal trainer and nutritionist. I had to completely pivot around and, and do what I came here to do. So in the beginning of 2020, I quit my business as a personal trainer and nutritionist and I was just setting up as a coach as a life coach for Muslim women and then COVID hit and so you know I don't even feel like I need to explain to you what happened because I think we all can relate to the fact that you know COVID made everything stand still for a quite a long time for a lot of us um What did also happen though during COVID, if we look aside from the business and everything, is that I met a wonderful man and I am now married and a stepmom. I live in the suburbs and I'm very, very happy. And that's one thing the pandemic gave me, gave me an opportunity to sit back and explore other avenues in life that I hadn't necessarily given that much thought to in the past, um, which was really nice. And Alhamdulillah, I'm very blessed to have had that. Um, But what it gave me in finding a husband is a sparring partner. And I started to explore avenues and talking about what it really was that I wanted to do. And the more I spoke to my husband about these things, uh, who is very supportive, by the way, of everything that I do, is we noticed that one thing that keeps coming up, he actually noticed it, I didn't notice it. (laughs) So he told me, this is, you keep mentioning this. He said, you keep coming back to the whole empowering Muslim women and breaking the stereotypes, changing the narrative around Muslim women and so on and so forth. So although I'm doing the coaching thing, the coaching thing was sort of like the business in and of itself, coaching individually women um, with their personal struggles, which is an, an essential part of my business. But my husband was like, but in that, there's also something else here. And that something is very important to you because you keep coming back to it. And I noticed he was right. So I was like, wow, okay, there's a whole thing here. So it's not like a, I wanna go out there and save all Muslim women. It's a, it's a, sorry, I made myself laugh with that. <laughs> um, it, it was sort of like a, I wanna be a part of the movement. It was sort of like a, an, an awakening to me to be like, oh, this is so important to you. And you was, I was so focused on the coaching aspect that I completely neglected that my soul was trying to tell me, but there's more, there's more. Listen, I'm trying to tell you there's something else that you really should be 
putting some energy and effort into. And so when we found out, uh, not shortly after we found out, uh, I was actually contacted by a um, politician here in Denmark who was setting up a new party. And he really wanted me to join. And it just seemed like a really good opportunity um, to be a part of that conversation, to be a part of the changing the narrative around Muslim women. Um, so I accepted the invitation to be uh, one of the, I don't know what they call, what what do you call that in English? No, you know, like a p- politician, but like um, when you run for the election so they can vote you to go sit in parliament. I don't know what the word is, but I think you probably get an idea. And very quickly thereafter of accepting this invitation, the party had launched, a few things happened in the world and in Denmark as well um, with Muslims and the situation. One of the things that happened was the beheading of the French teacher, which you will probably know of. And I was feeling very vocal about that. And I was being told that I couldn't actually speak on it because it was, you know, it's, it's a volatile subject. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't live in that fear. I speak even when there is fear, I still need to go ahead and speak on it, even if it's scary. And I was told not to. And it, it was a couple of things where it felt like I had to sort of constantly be aware of other people in the party and the greater good of the party, rather than doing what felt right to me, which was stand up for Muslims and, you know, fighting back so to speak and so I think it was maybe six weeks in or so I had another conversation with my husband I said look I know the pay as a politician's great (laughs) if you get elected but it's not enough for me to do this work I need to do this work but in a different way and also I'm not a politician there's nothing in me that ever wanted to be a politician I've never felt like I wanted to be a politician one of my things is from the get-go from the moment that I got it and announced online that I was doing this political or joining this political party my first sentence was I am not a politician and again my soul was trying to speak to me you're not a politician you want to do this work but this is not the way constantly constantly my soul keeps trying to tell me things and sometimes we just you know, we're hard of hearing sometimes, right? But eventually I started listening. I am not a politician. So clearly I should not be in a political party pretending to be a politician and engaging in toxic debates on TV where people against other politicians, where they don't even want to listen to you. They just want to get their point across. So it doesn't matter how much logic or common sense I might speak to them, they would still not want to hear it because it's all about them making their point. And I thought, that's not the world I want to enter. It's, it was so bad for my anxiety. I had the worst anxiety for, for that those like couple of months where I was sort of part of the, the that party. So I pulled the plug and I said, I'm not going to do it. And I called the party leader and I said, thank you for the opportunity and left. But the good thing about doing that, which there is a point <laughs> to that whole story. The good thing about doing that is I really clarified my own political stance as a Muslim woman, as a mixed race baby, I'm half Danish, half Moroccan, as someone who's lived in um, England for 10 years and have experienced the world outside as well and traveled around Europe, backpacking with my dog around Europe, as someone who's set up, who's an, who's a self-employed, who's set up businesses on her own, as someone who basically is a Muslim woman without a hijab, who has worn a hijab in the past, I have some experiences and and I needed to 
figure out where do I stand with all of this baggage? How do I stand politically when it comes to Muslims and Muslim women? And that experience with that political party helped me really narrow in a little bit more on what I believe. And that's when um, my husband and I were like, well, how can we then take that whole experience and what you want to do and bring it somewhere good? And Salam Doll <laughs> came to mind. It was, again, something that I'd been thinking of for a longer time, but we started working on the idea of making Salam Doll this platform, this community where we can start changing the narrative, not as politicians, not as world leaders, but as Muslim women, telling our story with our own words. And that is the thing about this podcast that I genuinely hope is going to make the biggest difference because one thing that I have noticed my entire life and you've probably noticed it as well is the common narrative outside of the Muslim communities when they're speaking about Muslims is very toxic and when it comes to the Muslim woman again it is very toxic and it's a speaking on our behalf or speaking for us or speaking about it about us and the the conversation is never with us nobody wants to hear from us um, and whenever they do they have a funny way of twisting things most of the time so that the um story lands somewhere where it's not meant to go anyway so if you're a muslim woman with a hijab and you've done something amazing somehow the story will go back to you wearing a hijab which is nonsense because it has nothing to do with anything so i was very tired of that narrative i know a lot of other muslim women are so tired of that narrative as well where a muslim woman can only have an opinion or something to say if she's a victim of Islam or herself or the men <laughs> in, in Islam or if she's literally going out there and speaking against Islam as if I, I, I'm the exception, I broke out, look at me, I'm so good. And I was like, but there's so much in between of these. There's so many women in between of these two points. And that's where the majority of us live. The majority of us live in a place where we love our religion. We love our men. We love what we do. We love the way we dress and we will defend it. And we will go out into the world and we will inspire positivity and great movements. And that's what I want Salam Doll to be able to do, to fill that gap that I think is missing out there. So that is one very big part of why I started Salam Doll. Another one actually goes into creating creating a better communication and understanding and respect within our own communities. So as a Muslim woman to another Muslim woman. Because one of the things that I see, and again, I'm sure you guys have your own experiences with it, is that there's a lot of harsh judgments within our own communities. We criticize each other a lot and we'll judge each other a lot. There's a lot of culture and tradition that comes into play. And a lot of the, I've always said, and my husband and I, we always joke about, if we knew Muslims, if we hung out in Muslim communities before we reverted to islam we probably wouldn't have become muslims because a lot of the, the 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 energy that comes from the muslim community 
to other Muslims, especially when you're putting yourself out there publicly, is very negative. And people are very quick to judge you on not who you are as a person, but your religiosity and the way that you practice Islam. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can help change that outlook in our own communities in our own environment to really help some people who might be struggling to understand that a billion Muslim women can't all look the same, practice the same, believe in the same. We all have a different approach to our religion and yes we will stand strong as sisters in faith but we're also very very individual and very different and we all have different baggages, different backstories, different experiences that we're bringing to the table that's making us who we are and that makes us as Muslims stand strong. Not their stories, not that person's experiences, not that person's knowledge, but our our own stories. And I really think that's important to also bring to the table so that we can help each other, introduce to each other the, um, the, the beautiful diversity that exists in our own community. And lastly, what I really, really hope will happen from creating this podcast is inspiring the next generations to go out there and live boldly and live empowered and live independently. I certainly miss that when I was um, a younger girl uh, in my teens and in my early 20s it was something that I didn't have I didn't have that Muslim role model nobody had paved that way for me um, growing up in Denmark Um, I didn't have that person to look up to and what I'm seeing now is yes we've got so many in the communities now and I love that but let's bring them forward let's highlight them a little bit more let's make the noise for them you know let's help them break through even more and and not for the fact that they're muslim but for the fact of the things that they're out there doing the way that they lead the way that they create conversation the the way that they're changing the world the way that they're owning who they are and still going out there and being badass women that's what's important and i'm hoping that that can inspire you and the next generations to really look at these women that i'm going to have on this podcast as guests to be inspired by them. Let them motivate you to go out there and live fearlessly. Whoo, okay, (laughs) there we go. I hope that that helped clarify for you a little bit about who I am and also why I started this podcast and what I'm hoping that you can get from listening in. I have already got the next few guests lined up, so please tune in every Wednesday. The new episode will drop every Wednesday. We've got a really exciting few guests coming up in the next few weeks for you, so stay tuned. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll get notified whenever a new episode lands and again go ahead and connect with me over on instagram or on facebook it's both uh, at zara pedersen and if you would like to feature in on this podcast if you've got a story you'd like to share with the listeners if you know someone who'd be a really good guest to have on this podcast then jump on over to my website zarapedersen.com and reach out to me there and let's get talking it'll be so exciting I can't wait to hear from you either way I absolutely enjoyed talking with you today I hope you'll tune in next week when I have my very first guest on the podcast she is no word of a lie here 
so amazing. <laughs> and I am so proud to be able to call her a very dear friend of mine. But you are going to have to come back next week to find out who it is. So see you soon. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedersen.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.